Hello and welcome to Hoosier Football Tailgate here on the Believe Network, sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one informational source for all things sports gambling, including college and NFL football, but as well as the baseball divisional series. Get all up to date with your odds news, stats, all the things that you need to make an informed decision on who to bet on. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hey, I'm the coach Shannon Griffith and welcome to Hoosier Football Tailgate. Thursday afternoon, preparing for homecoming down in Bloomington this Saturday afternoon with this 12 o'clock kickoff can be watched on Big Ten Network if you're not able to be in person. Hoosiers take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and Rutgers right now is a team that uh, has got it on a roll. Um, Talk a little bit about their schedule here in a little bit, but um, uh, they right now are five and two and Right at this moment, they are one game away from bowl eligibility. So you can guarantee that they are going to come ready to play Saturday afternoon uh, because they have the opportunity to become bowl eligible under Greg Shiano, who's been there now, I believe, for this maybe his third year as the head coach there at Rutgers. And uh, he's got it rolling defense is his kind of his specialty and they're playing like it and uh, they're finding ways to win they scored 21 unanswered points last week within the last uh, four minutes of a game against Michigan State who had it well under control and um, made a few costly mistakes and Rutgers end up finding a way to come back and uh, find a way to win and uh, that's the name of the game. Uh, it may not re- you may not be the best team in the world, but if you can find ways to win, those things add up. And right now they're finding ways to win and uh, finding ways to get points on the board and their defense is keeping uh, offensive points off the board as much as possible. I believe they have the fifth ranked scoring defense in the Big Ten at the moment. But we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, Rutgers also is 2-0 over the last two meetings with the Hoosiers. Uh, game in uh, New Jersey, I think last year was a tight one. The year before that one wasn't uh, close at all. I think they end up winning 38-3 to in Bloomington. But like I said, one went away for them uh, becoming bowl eligible and Hoosiers needing a win in 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 any form, fashion, way they can get it to hopefully get their start in the second half of the season on the right foot, and it would go a long way in helping them eventually uh, becoming bowl eligible. Uh, Right now, needing four wins to get to that magic number of six, and right now uh, the Hoosiers have just got two Ws on the season, and looking for number three in this second half of their schedule uh, after uh, 
the Hoosiers play Rutgers this week, they'll head out to Pennsylvania and take on Penn State, who is battling Ohio State this weekend. So once they get beyond the Penn State game, the rest of their remaining schedule, I do believe, uh, also has uh, the potential for winnable games for the Hoosiers if they can get themselves into uh, a uh, mindset of uh, being able to put the pedal to the gas and, and get themselves in the right position on offense and defense to finish out the year and get themselves a bowl eligible. A couple of quick news items today. The University of Michigan was informed today by the NCAA that they are under investigation for scouting off campus of potential opponents and trying to learn signals and things of that magnitude. And that is a no-no in the NCAA. There's no off-campus scouting that is to be done. Everything is to be done off of equal video exchange and no other team in the Big Ten uh, is allowed to do that. If Michigan would be caught uh, with their hands in the cookie jar on this instance, um, maybe because they are a uh, recurring infraction team with the NCAA, it could be a pretty stiff penalty for the Wolverines. Uh, not going to speculate on what type of uh, punishment could be handed down. Wait for the investigation to go through its due diligence and come to a conclusion. And uh, don't like to have the point the finger at someone without all the uh, evidence that is in front of you. We'll let the NCAA do their investigation and come to a conclusion on that. But wanted people to be aware that Michigan right now is under another investigation under the Jim Harbaugh era by the NCAA, this time for scouting off campus uh, during the football season. So bringing you up to speed there. Uh, talk a little bit here uh, about the quarterback situation that is evolving here down in uh, down in at Bloomington uh, right now. As we know, last week they played both Taven Jacksons and Brendan Soresby in the game against Michigan. I'm not quite sure if they learned much uh, from that game uh, because they wanted to be able to come out of there again with a sure number one, and um, not sure they were able to accomplish that or not uh Tom Allen did allude on his uh, coach's show on Wednesday night that they do have a starting quarterback. Of course, he's not going to announce that uh, prior to this ball game. But uh, looking at it and what I think Indiana's got to get to in some respects, because Soresby is a little better runner. Uh, than Taven, and that fits more of his uh, operational aspects of what he is as a quarterback. I think uh, they have to go to Soresby and try to get a run game going there uh, at Indiana. Now, bright spot is Henderson is supposed to be back, so that'll give them uh, a couple, two or three strong running backs uh, heading into uh, Saturday. and. Um, and then, of course, if you can mix Soresby in with some quarterback design runs and keep defenses uh, 
off guard and not pinning their ears back and coming at you, especially in running situations. That in itself can be a big help to a team right now that's struggling to run the football on a consistent basis. Now, the flip side of that is passing wise. I'm not quite sure we have enough uh, of a portfolio, so to speak, to render what uh, Brendan is in the passing game. He has struggled some in that uh, in that regard, um, completing about 50, 55 percent of his passes uh, on the year. But uh, right now, um, you know, Taven probably has a little bit of an edge over Soresby in throwing the football. That's what he kind of is in, in, in regard to his specialty. He's more of your pro pro type quarterback, drop it, drop back and throw it. Um, where Soresby has a little bit more dynamic in his game where he can run the football and, and has a pretty decent arm. It's not that he doesn't have the uh, ability uh, offensive arm wise, but um, I don't necessarily think he is better than Taven in, 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 a, in a pass happy offense, uh, so to speak. But the bottom line is Indiana has got to develop a run game. And to do that, I think they have to utilize Soresby in that scheme of things where they can do some quarterback design runs and also utilize the read schemes off of certain plays um, so that they can have a little bit more dynamics on offense in the run game a little bit more um, imagination in the run game is that as <clears throat> per se. And I believe Rod Carey knows how to get that done. Having been around a Jordan Lynch type, because that who that's who Soresby reminds me of in terms of uh, size and structure and uh, ability to run the ball. Now, one big thing is they're both young and they're both not playing to a level that they need to be at in terms of their play uh carelessness with the football whether it be tucking it away or throwing it down the field things of that nature those are things that they have to grow into um and the only way you grow into it is get out there in live game action and uh see what can be done now that doesn't mean in my opinion that Taven jackson will not take a snap under center uh, the rest of the year i think it will depend on either how well soresby does or doesn't do or in case he would happen to get an injury the other thing that you have to have in the back of your mind is dexter williams progressing the way he is progressing right now in uh, practice and getting himself back into some live situations with that knee he may become a viable option as well and you know he is a true spread offense type of quarterback and when they utilized him last year he did show some promise uh moving the iu offense and i'm not quite sure how close he is to playing but it sounded that it's getting closer uh, over the last couple of weeks that there may be scenarios where his availability may be become more and more uh, of an option than it has 
has been here of late. So you've got some other things in the mixture here that I think by utilizing Soresby in a more run uh, capacity, quarterback design runs, that is also what Dexter Williams would be able to do as well. So I think they go with uh, Soresby in this situation uh, and primarily from the standpoint of uh, Taven has had his opportunity. Um, not that he's done poorly, but it's not like he's gone out and let the world on fire and taken control of the offense. I think it's now time to see if Soresby with the number one designation uh, can go out and get things done. Now, personally, I have no problem with playing two quarterbacks. I know the pros and cons of that, you know, who is the number one and all those things that people on the outside get caught up with. I've always believed if you have two quarterbacks that are capable of running the offense that you want to run, then you play them both because if they don't separate themselves, then you've got to find ways to uh, utilize both of them to get the, the, the value that you would have in a true number one. So I'm not a big proponent of having a guy that is labeled the number one guy. Now, it sounds to me that Tom Allen and the coaching staff there, that, that is important for them to have somebody that is a number one designated quarterback. Um, but from my perspective, I've never gotten too caught up into having a guy because if you need both of them to win a game, you got to play both. So we'll have to see what happens on Saturday afternoon at 12 on who trots out there with the first offense and uh, see what happens. Um, just a guess, opinion, a uh, little bit of a dart throwing contest as well. But uh, I believe Soresby gives them that chance to implement some more quarterback running game to help with their running offense as a whole. Passing game doesn't change in that regard. You still got to find ways to utilize the quick passing game concepts of getting the ball in and out of the hands of the quarterback, play action pass, to throw it deep. And on Saturday, within the first five plays of that game, Game, I think you've got to take at least one shot down the field. I don't think you can sit and wait for that opportunity. I think you've got to script it into the script within the first five plays of this game. You've got to say, we're taking a shot here no matter what, and you take a shot. And whatever that is or however that you know comes about within the scheme of the offense, take a shot within the first five plays of the game. They're going to have to be able to get the hands in the ball in and out of the hands of the quarterback, no matter who they play up front. They just can't hold uh, the pass protection, although it's gotten better to a point where you can sit back and uh, run full field routes and get the ball off in time. And this uh, defense that they've got coming in right now is one of the top uh, defenses in terms of sacks. I think they're um, third or fourth in sacks in the Big Ten, and uh, they can cause some havoc with a four-man rush. Um, you know, Shiana's defense is a very structured defense. They don't run a ton of schemes in terms of fronts. They predominantly run what I call an under front and a uh, odd front and an odd front with is mostly a five man box, and that's where they'll do some of their zone pressures out of. And out of their four man front, they'll bring some zone uh, blitzes from that as well. 
but also bring five-man pressures, especially in the run game. But they're not an overly elaborate, overly sophisticated defense. They pretty much line up and say, come at us. And if you can block us, you'll beat us. But uh, they are very disciplined in what they do, uh, very typical of a Greg Schiano defense. They're, you know, they're tough, they're strong, and they get after it. So um, Saturday will be uh, another test for the Hoosier offense. And I think by using Soresby in the running game, that will help them uh, in that regard. Um, The other thing is on top of this with Henderson coming back, you've got to get him back going, getting back into the swing of things and give him the opportunity to get it, you know, get it down and get it going. You still utilizing ways to find ways to use, uh, utilize Jalen kind of like they did at Michigan, but, you know, finding different ways to get the ball in his hands. But Henderson's got to be the guy that comes in and, and, and gets it done as well as the other mixture that they can throw in there with a number two guy along the way but um right now looking at the statistics for Taven and uh for Brendan Taven is 78 of 128 he's thrown five interceptions on the year 61 percent 914 yards and just two touchdown passes so not a great intercept interception to touchdown ratio there for Taven Soresby's only thrown at 58 times 30 completions 285 yards uh two touchdowns so he as many both of them have the same amount of touchdown passes passes but Sorsby has thrown it less uh almost half as less as as Taven has but he's completed about 52 percent of his passes but he has no interceptions so uh in that regard you can see there Taven's situation uh um, issues are um he's not doing a great job in protecting the football and making good decisions when he's throwing it. And sometimes he's trying to do too much, I think. And that's one of the big problems that you have with young quarterbacks at times. They'll start pressing and they'll try to do too much outside of the scheme of the offense. And that's when bad things happen. So um, that kind of gives you a little bit of my take dynamic wise with the quarterback situation and with Henderson coming back. I still think that's a huge boost for that offense and I do believe that their offensive line has shown some improvement even against Michigan um, that gives you some um, hope uh, there with this game on Saturday. Unfortunately, this game carries a lot of weight in terms of how you look at the rest of the year. Unfortunately, that's the way it looks. Now, um, Irregardless of what happens on Saturday, you know, there's still opportunities there to get your up to six wins, but your room for error is very minimal at this point. And I'll say this about, uh, well, I'll wait and give my overall impression of Rutgers here in a few minutes. Defense, the, you know, the defense, the biggest thing that they're, they're, they're going to have to do on Saturday is they're going to have to find ways to shut down the run run game for uh, Rutgers and also contain uh, Wimsat because he's a big, tall kid, 6'3", 215 pounds. Um, 
he will run it uh, when needed. Um, it's not his first choice. He does have a pretty decent arm, and he does have a pretty good touch. And he's been able to fit it in through some tight windows at times. And he did that against Michigan State that led to some big plays. And uh, But he's not a guy that is overly designed to run it. He's more of your drop-back passing type of quarterback. So they're going to have to find ways to get uh, a good pass rush on Saturday. And, and, and Wimsett, there's one thing that he will do. Um, he will make bad decisions with the football, especially if you get constant pressure on him. When you can get po- constant pressure on him and make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket, that's where you see him make uh, bad decisions. But if you give him time back there to, to really evaluate what's in front of him, he can pick you apart. I mean, he's that type of kid. Um, now, um, I'm not quite sure where he's at in uh, percentages overall as a as a offense. Um, I think. Uh, let's see here. I only think he's. Rec- uh, uh, I think he's only throwing for about completing that is 50% of his over a little bit over 50% of his passes on the year. And, um, that's one thing that I've noticed about the, about him is that while he is accurate for the most part, when he gets into trouble is when people get pressure on him and he doesn't handle that all too well. That's when the ball has a tendency to get out of his hand in a hurry and it's not as accurate and makes, you know, he, he, he makes poor decisions with the ball uh, when that happens with him. But he's a big kid, like I said, 6'3", 215 pounds, and, you know, he can make some things happen uh, when you give him time. And he did that on Saturday, helping lead them back from being uh, – 21 points uh, down to get a victory uh, on Saturday in the last four minutes of that ball game. So it was a pretty phenomenal feat that they did on top of getting a, I believe they also got a touchdown off a botch punt. Um, Things at Michigan state right now are not very good. Um, Had the victory swept, you know, taken from them and, uh, and uh, all the other things that have occurred on the outside with Mel Tucker and such has not uh, had a very good uh, season thus far again for Michigan state as well. Well, let's look at some of these um, statistical stuff and Let me get this. Let's see here. Okay. Why isn't that sharing? Let's see if this. Well, it's not wanting to show you what's there. Hmm. Let's see if we can get it down here. There we go. Now let's see if it does it. Dummy. Okay. Yep. Now we got it going here. All right. Indiana and Rutgers 
defense, Indiana offense. Right now, the Hoosiers, 18 and a half points a game. Uh, not great. And uh, 102 yards rushing per game, 210 yards, only 317 yards of total offense per game. Uh, not very good. Um, 40% on third down is decent. Not great. You need to be up around that 43, 45 area. Fourth down, only going about a, th- a little less than a third right now. And overall right now, they are a minus three in turnover margin, which, again, is a combination of their own mistakes as a po- and uh, the inability for uh, the defense getting turnovers. That's one thing that they've been lacking here over the better part of the year is uh, turnovers and, you know, getting the uh, takeaways for the defense. So right now they're a minus three on the year. Rutgers defense, they rank fifth in the Big Ten at 16 points a game. They're holding an opposing offense to only 276 yards of total offense. Third down uh, percentage 30%. So they're getting a lot of third and longs offenses into a lot of third and longs. So that comes back to first and second down efficiency on Saturday for Indiana. The more they can be in third and short third and medium, uh, they're going to have a good chance to have a pretty decent day. But if they're having consistent problems and showing third and seven, third and eight, third and nine on Saturday, it's going to be a long afternoon. Fourth down, Canadians have only gone for 25%. Right now, they are a plus four as a team, and they have caused 12 fumbles. Now, they've only recovered a few of those, I think um, five or six of them, but they do a very, very good job of stripping the football. That is something that Shiano's big on. He teaches it well, and it's a big part of their defense in terms of their ability to create fumbles, and they've done that this year. Okay. Indiana's defense and Rutgers offense. Scoring-wise, Indiana's D, 29 points a game, 374 uh, point seven yards a game in total offense. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not great, but uh, it's not terrible either. But this right here, giving up 29 points, I think a lot of that has to do with field position. They have really had to go and defend the short field the better part of the year. So a lot of these points are in, in response to a short field that either the offense has not created field position for the defense or their kicking game. So part of this is in the wheelhouse of offense and special teams 36 point almost 36.5 on third down um, a little over 50 percent on the fourth down these could be better uh the third down efficiency is not bad um but again um it's in re- in response to where they're at on their first down and second down efficiency Rutgers offense this is why i wanted to show this because when you look at their offensive stats you're not going to see a team that is blowing it out of the water when it comes to uh, offensive stats they're scoring 27 and um, over 27 points a game only 164 four or five yards rushing 164 yards passing <laughs> you can say they're balanced in that regard now he's thrown Wimsett has thrown four picks and they're only averaging 328 
uh, 0.9 yards per game. Very, very poor here in terms of their third down conversions, but they've done pretty good on their fourth downs, which means they have taken some risk analytically and have been able to convert some fourth downs for them. But if you look at this, from a uh, statistical standpoint, really not lighten it up other than they're scoring 27 points a game. So I think that's a combination of some of their big plays, but I also think it's a direct reflection that their special teams and defense have created a short field for the offense for the better part of the first six, seven games of the year for them. And that is a huge difference. You know, this is not too far off. I mean, you look at statistically of what Indiana is offensively. The big difference is Indiana's being faced with a long, field for the most part to, to drive and they're just not capable of doing it where Rutgers has more had more and more short field opportunities and they've cashed in and made uh, made the best of it in terms of their productivity on the scoreboard but you know 164 five yards a game that's a decent number uh, from a rushing perspective but throwing is not I mean you're not even a 400 yard offense and you're five and two overall in uh, on on the year and the reality of it is uh it's not o- an overly um wowing you as a uh coach when you look at their defense their offensive stats so there are there's some i guess um areas of of hope (laughs) I'm struggling for the word for the defense or IU as a, you know, overall because of what they've done offensively thus far. So, um, Indiana defense is going to have to really buckle down on it. I threw their schedule up here because I wanted to see their five and two and two and two in the conference and who they've played less far. They've played five home games, which they are five and oh in. They won all their home games. They beat Northwestern and Temple. Both teams, I think, have only won a couple games. Virginia Tech, probably a pretty decent win because they're close to 500. They went to Michigan, got beat uh, 31-7. to That game was actually closer than the score would indicate. Uh, they came home to Wagner, one double-A team, beat them pretty handedly. Uh, they went to Wisconsin and lost uh, tight. Tight battle, uh, but lost that game. And then at home again this week, they came from behind and uh, beat uh, Michigan State after being down 24 to six with uh, four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they found a way to win. So when you look at this of who they've played, they've really only played a top tier team in Michigan uh, thus far. And perhaps you could argue Wisconsin uh, in the big 10, but that's in that respect, that's uh, pretty much it in that aspect of things. Because when you look at this overall, it's not a schedule that you would say is been really tough on them. Uh, especially when you've had five of your seven games at home. Um, So they've, you know, give them credit. They've taken advantage of stuff. There's no question about that. Uh, But at the same time, they've also uh, benefited from a schedule that's been light on the overall talent that they've played. And 
for the most part, they've played uh, all their games at home. Their biggest stretch is now. They're going to play a lot of their last few games of the season on the road and not at home. So um, they're right there for the taking, I would say, from Indiana's perspective. And um, based upon what I've seen in that regard, schedule-wise, um, IU has a chance, and that's why they're only a four-point underdog right now. I think they're a four, four and a half uh, spread on Indiana in this game. So pretty, pretty good in that regard. Let's see. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, okay, there we go. All right, Rutgers on the year. We'll just kind of let some of this roll. This game's against Michigan, which I believe was on the 31st of September. We'll also show a game against uh, Wisconsin this past week. But here's their basic front, and we'll I'll show it from the other side here in a second. Good read there by the Sam linebacker in their unbalanced offense there for Michigan. Now this is a uh, 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 this is a odd look to start with, but he's going to shift down, so they will stem their front sometimes in that regard. So here's kind of a better look at it of what you're going to get. Tight ends right here. Uh, this is an over front because the nose is shifted over to the tight end side. Um, you got the mic, the Sam and the mic and the will out here. This is a corner and that's the safety. Um, so in some respects, you got some numbers on them over here. And they, they will move their front uh, to the side of the field that they feel like they're, you know, they're not great in terms of their numbers. Oops. Let's get to the next play there, coach. Okay, again, doing some motion. They did. Michigan did a pretty good job of getting uh, some motion on him, where they created some the matchups here. And in this respect here, he really could have gone down here, where the motion is, because he's got him uh, in a in a bind here, because he's either got him open or the back on the swing. But he chose to come down here at the bottom, and end up throwing a not a great pass. But uh, here's a good look at. Uh, they're under front, tight end off the ball here. Stand up, rush in, three down linemen, you know, linebackers at top. They probably list him as a linebacker. So, again, Michigan did some good things here um, with some stuff. Here's a third and, oh, I don't know if it's a long yardage situation. They bring a, a zone blitz here, and Michigan, you know, protected them well, but there's nobody open. McCarthy has nobody open here. 
got guys running into each other, so they just don't really have anybody available. Here's some of imagination by Michigan. They do a great job on this one. They caught them in the right scenario, right front and everything. Um, Rutgers is in a man-free concept on this. Uh, Loveland is going to act like he's blocking, then he's going to basically run a wheel route. Well, he screws this guy up because he is getting a block key, and he ends up kind of rushing, and he lets – Loveland go down the sideline. So you can see people blow coverage and you have wide open guys, but that was a well-designed scheme there by Michigan in terms of what they were getting up front from uh, Rutgers. This is again, an over front tight end kind of off the ball. You can see him rotating stuff there, and that was man free. And the guy that's supposed to co cover him was one of the linebackers that got caught in the, with his eyes in the backfield. Okay, an odd front here again. As you can see, they're not throwing a bunch at him. Going to come with a, a blitz. This is a great throw by. J.J. McCarthy, very well taught up here with the type of uh, twist that they're going to run with the linebacker picking off the tackle right there. We'll show you it from the end zone. They do a good job of uh, coaching their twist and stuff. Good back shoulder throw. We'll show it from the end zone here. This guy right here is going to take this guy out and this guy's going to loop around. See, he doesn't, he's not even caring about rushing. All he cares about doing is taking this tackle out and he does it pretty good and then creates a rush lane for the, uh, Tackle defensive end. Okay, this is their game from Saturday against Michigan State. State in the end zone area. Again, going to play some man, going to play some other free, and quarterback rips it in there. Michigan State made a change at quarterback this past Saturday. But again, you can see this throw here, just a post route in behind it all. Okay, here's Wimsett. You can see a big, tall, lanky kid. Here's a throw. He kind of fits it in a window there. But pass protection-wise, you can see if you give him time to throw the football, he can, you know, he can fit it in some tight windows now. Play-action pass, they do a lot of this, of course. And again, Michigan State was overly aggressive with their backers and you know, he got a guy in behind him. Okay, here they brought some pressure here, kind of a zone blitz. <clears throat> and they got pressure on him, and they find a way to, you know, get a sack on him. So there's an, there's an example of, you know, bringing some heat, 
leverage than the ball and him not being able to get the ball off. Here's one of their, I would say Rutgers is more of a zone blitz team than they are a pure get after you team. They're going to bring these two guys off in what I call a flash blitz. They're going to move their front up here, up here, up here, and this guy's probably going to drop back. Now they went man on that one. So this is tough for this to go because this linebacker weak has got that tailback and they run like a mesh route. But here's an example of them being very good at creating turnovers. Watch this DB. He goes right for the punch, does a great job. That's textbook. Wrap and strip. And uh, they again, like I said, they got them on several occasions on Saturday. Michigan State's running kind of a shallow cross here against man coverage. Again, boom, creates a turnover. Guy took a shot, good hit, not, not targeting nothing, just a good shot, dislodges the football, and again, another turnover, and they were within the 20-yard line. Good play-action pass. <laughs> really riding it in on on this one trying to dry the linebackers up and create a window and that's what he does right there kind of a deeper slant route bad throw and which he's capable of and got a you know that was one of the picks because he will you know he will at times make bad throws Great call here by Michigan State I believe this is the quarterback draw they bring pressure they catch him in man this guy's going to run. There's nobody here. And he's able to get himself into the end zone. Good call at the right time there by Michigan State. Good hard run here by their uh, running back. I'm not sure who this is. We'll go over that in a second. Gets it down there, and then this is the score that gets him in and in, into the within three. Okay, watch this throw. This is what I was telling you about. Here's a throw where they're going to run what we used to call rifle, and he throws it that back pylon, fits it in there nice and nice and good, and able to get her done. So you can see he has some abilities to sneak the ball into some windows, does a good job. Uh, let's see if I can get that back up. Yeah. Mm, let's see if I can get her back running here. Some of their players that... Uh, it's not Michigan dummy, it's uh, Rutgers. Here's some of their uh, top players that in, in the game for them that you, you know you want to kind of keep an eye on here. Uh, Wimp sets the quarterback again. 
51 percent a thousand almost 1100 yards seven touchdown passes two two rushing touchdowns he's kind of their oh third or fourth guy leading the way uh the big guy uh uh kyle um Mon Angel, I guess is the way you pronounce that. He's once got 635 yards. He's their number one tailback. Third, he's third in the Big Ten in rushing average yards per game. Um, so he's a guy that uh, they depend upon quite a bit. And then they've got a couple wide receivers. They got the Jackson, Dremel, and Washington. Those guys are their two, three top priority wide receivers. Powell and Dixon, uh, Powell, the linebacker. Uh, it's one of their top guys. Uh, he's eighth in the ten, Big Ten in total taxel and Dixon, uh, DB. He's got uh, 44 tackles, as does uh, Jennings, the other linebacker. And then Aaron Lewis is one of their defensive linemen. He's got three sacks on the year. And then Bailey, that's the stand-up in number 23. He also has three sacks on the year. So pretty capable there uh, with some of their team. Looking at it from the keys to victory here today, uh, defense, they got to hold them to 17 points and under 300 yards of total offense. I know that's going to be a tall task for them on Saturday, but that's something that they they need to do. They need to hold them to 17 points on the day. They also be able, they have to create some turnovers, at least two, and don't give up any cheap scores. No more guys running down the field wide open and giving them cheap scores. Offense, they they got to they got to do their part. They got to have 10 explosive plays of 15 yards or more and put 24 points on the board. And uh, that's going to be a tall task, but that's what it's going to take to beat Rutgers on Saturday. They got to have explosive plays and they got to be able to put points on the board. And they must have at least 375 yards of total offense to be able to be in that arena where they get those explosive plays and points. And they have to have uh, gamble strategically. And what I mean by that, analytically looking at it, is it a good time to go for it on fourth down when they're in that fourth and five or less and they've got themselves on the you know 50 or 45 yard line you know taking uh strategic gambles on fourth down to keep drives going they have to be able to do that they have to have an aggressive mindset from the rest of the year from their offensive standpoint because they cannot uh get what they need on three downs um and they've shown that so when the time presents itself being able to gamble a little bit from a strategic standpoint using analytics to go for it on fourth down now if it's fourth and nine you're not going to go for it i mean those are those are those are very very low odds but if it's fourth and five or less their odds are better for them in that regard and, and, you know, from all that Rutgers, some of their statistics here, they're fifth in the Big Ten in scoring, uh, fifth in the Big Ten in scoring offense at 27, which kind of surprising. Um, they have the 10th overall defense, fourth overall in some of their categories. Um, and they have, that's right, fifth overall in sacks with 17, and offense has only given up two sacks on the year uh, thus far. So, 
you know, this is a game the Hoosiers have an opportunity to get themselves back on track as a football team and give them a chance this second half season uh, to start it off on the right side, on the right foot with a win. But it's going to take a, a huge task on all three phases of the game, uh, but it can be done. We'll see what happens at noon Saturday kickoff in Beantown homecoming uh, on Saturday afternoon. If you can't get it, get down there big 10 network will carry the game on uh on uh, tv that afternoon so we'll see what happens we'll come back at it monday and provide a recap of this rutgers game want to thank today's sponsor of the show betonline.ag remember betonline number one source for all things sports wagering football basketball baseball you name it they've got it up to date stats news and odds betonline is where the game starts want to thank you for joining us here today on the hoosier football tailgate here on the believe network and Until Monday, I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith. We'll catch you down the road.